All right, uh, welcome for episode seven. Um, Alex is just picking out a bit of potato chip from his teeth at the moment. Yeah, and Michael insisted on recording this. It's pure. It's authentic. It's says. authentic, it's real. It's horrible listening. <laughs> uh, I got most of it. All right. There's some, there's some potato chips out on the table in the kitchen, and I just, I was powerless to resist. You helped yourself. <laughs> it was a trap, who knows? Yeah, it was very weak-willed of me. I just saw yeah. them, and I just... Plunge the hand straight in there. I don't know who's over. Yeah, am I? So welcome back to my side of town or our side of town. Yeah, we haven't really spoken about how I moved out. No, I don't think we have. For good reason as well, probably. Why's that? I don't know. It's just a, like, it's the sort of thing I don't like to address. Like, it's just made life a lot harder. <laughs> Alex and I used to spend yeah. a great deal of time together. Unhealthy, some would yeah, say. too much. Too and it much. was easy and it was good. But now mm. he's gone. It's just like, fuck, I've really got to organize my own life, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was a bit like when Jim moved out like two years ago so he moved to where I am now and for like the first well pretty much for the whole time he was there for like two years I like didn't acknowledge that he was there I was just like no nah, he's, he's kind of just on holiday he's just going to come back we're going to be living together soon yeah never happened never happened yeah believe the lie makes it easier and now he's gone to Korea yeah he's He's going there to grow the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> we sent him out there a little envoy to the Korean people yeah so how are you finding moving out uh, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, the home needs a. Uh, it's got good bones. It's got like you know. It's got um. I enjoyed it. You really talked it down yeah, as yeah. like a pretty grim setup to start off with. Yeah, but it's not that bad. Hey, you got a lot of natural light. There's a living room and a bedroom. Like, what more do you need? A bathroom. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's one of those. <laughs> um, probably do us a few homely touches. I'm just trying to think of what we can kind of do to make it a bit nicer. Probably tidy up the dining table so we can actually sit down at the dining table to eat. Mm. Add a fruit bowl. I feel like a fruit bowl is a nice touch. Yeah, fruit. It's coming in season now. Had my first mango the other day. Was it good? Oh, it's fucking dope. Yeah, nice. Cost me six bucks though. Did it? For a single mango. Fuck me. Yeah, that's what you get. Does it actually cost six bucks for a single mango? Yeah, and call me a fool. I just I just assumed it wouldn't be that expensive. So I, <laughs> I actually grabbed two mangoes. Oh, and no. so I went to pay and I'm like, yeah, 12 bucks. Thanks. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Were you at the self the self checkout? No, this is it like an you're at a fruit mugger. Yeah, I knew you'd be at a fucking fruit mugger, you fucking you think you do good for supermarket <laughs> products. Fuck you, dude. Honestly, yeah, I think I am. You just go to the I'm supermarket, gonna... scan them as onions. Done. <laughs> Why bother scanning them? Just walk out. <laughs> I've accepted that I am a thief and I now just purely walk out with them. Uh, I don't even bother scanning them. <laughs> you actually just steal from supermarkets? <laughs> oh, but scanning an onion is as uh, is a... it's a bit different. No, they essentially it's the same thing. An onion. The social fucking norms. Yeah, so do you actually steal from supermarkets? No. <laughs> you coward. <laughs> so I stole some basil from a supermarket this week. You fuck. Yeah, well, there was like the big bunch for $3 and I'm like, I don't need a big bunch. I was so, only making a small <laughs> little salad for myself. So I was like, I just need two leaves. In fact, one big leaf. And you took that? I took, I plucked one big leaf. And where'd you put it? In my pocket. <laughs> it felt a lot more like thieving once it was in my pocket. Yeah. If I'd just eaten it straight away, it would have been a victimless crime. But when I was behind your ear or something, or taped it to your chest. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... Wow, so a couple of criminals here. Yeah, well... well like people like fine. criminal podcasts. I know that's a thing. Yeah, like a true crime. A true crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to work up to a bigger crime. This is how it starts. What do you reckon the biggest crime you'd do is... I mean, obviously, we have absolutely no respect for traffic laws. Uh, I cannot for them. Speeding, parking. Yeah. Just before I parked in a legal spot. Yeah, it was the best thing I ever did. It's empowering, isn't it? It is. It, it, is. it reaffirms your agency over the system. Honestly, there's nothing better you can do for your soul than being disobedient. Like, honestly, if there... And I actually have almost convinced myself... No, it is true. If there is no no standing sign or anything like that, 
Yeah. I can park there. Yeah, the land belongs to me. Yeah, so unless you tell this me... This land is our land, this land is your <laughs> land. Me casa, see casa. <laughs> I honestly feel like you can park anywhere you wish, unless yeah. advised otherwise. And even then, yeah. you just run the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, and like, it's like, tell me why I can't stop my car here. Like, what What are your grounds to say that it can't park here? How was I to know if there's no signage? Yeah, exactly right. I was simply, <laughs> I was simply driving my car, and then I ceased driving my car. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about this place was... It was like a big courtyard, and as I was walking back to the car, I saw a big no standing sign that had literally been like chopped down. Like it was just lying flat on the floor, and I was like, "Is someone just had enough of it, or this is now a legitimate parking?" Once it's past like forty-five degrees, it has no legal authority. (laughs) Exactly, you just hit it hard enough. It has no legs to stand on. Yeah, well said. Yeah, it's Uh, interesting. Um, The other thing I wanted to bring up. When you mentioned the Nepean Highway. Yeah, it's just one big, long, fuck-off road. It is. Do you find when you're driving, the way... If you're not in an area where you usually are, right? Mm. You're not like... For example, here to your place, right? Yeah, yeah. You you know that route. You've done it before. You've got the same route. You'll do it again. But if you're not here, you're at a different point B. Yeah. Is your aim to get somewhere on that route and then follow it? Or do you think, what is the quickest way or you're going to map it or something to get to your your home yeah even though like lately uh, i've been trying to move away from the maps because yeah. like as you pointed out to me it's like we should we should abhor this technology yeah it disempowers us it makes us weak it it's makes weak. us slaves to the system yeah and we hate that but generally when i'm going somewhere for, for the first time i'll if it's in com- somewhere completely i've never been i'll maps it the first time and the next time i go there i'll try to get all the way without maps i think that's pretty fair if it's somewhere though where I kind of vaguely know the idea, mm. then I will, yeah, use my own knowledge. If it's like, oh, it's like in this spot near Fitzroy, and I'm like, uh, I look it up on maps before I go, and I see it's near like, I don't know, what's a landmark that I know in Fitzroy? I don't know. Messina Ice Cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll be like, oh, so then I'll get there and then sort of try and figure it out. Yeah. Why? <laughs> what are you thinking? No, I just like this morning or the last couple of days, I've been driving to a few different places. Mm. And like this morning, especially, I was like, I actually don't exactly know how to get to like the the VCA or whatever by driving. Like yeah. I've never driven there. I always just get a tram or a train or something. But yeah. I was like, oh, I know how to get to like Clarendon Street pretty easily. Right? Yeah. And that's not too far from it. So it was like driving to Clarendon Street and then the last bit, I literally just followed the tram that I know goes Genius. past it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck, this is like probably not the most efficient way. Yeah. But somewhat empowering the fact that I didn't have to use any technologies to get there. Like I just use like I combined routes that I know yeah. to get to a certain place, which actually brings me to my next little natural tidbit. Yeah, here we go. He loves a tidbit. I so, like this. This is some good podcasting technology. So I've been, I've been uh, trying to look for other things that are interesting trying to find like incredible animals and shit and i've decided that that's not what we're about yeah we are about why do you when, tearing up on the biology i know well i'm still got a biological thing yeah, but right. um the more humble animals ah interesting like, if there's so many of them like they must be the best yeah yeah like beetles the best cockroaches <laughs> the best rats pigeons survivors done the pigeon oh is that what you're going a with? fabulous animal yeah a beautiful animal, animal if you will yeah, I'll, I'll say so. It's actually got the um. I don't even know the facts are. I'm going to say seventy percent of its body mass are its wings. <laughs> something something crazy like that. Like, I wanted the you to say something that was just clearly <laughs> false. Like seventy percent of its body mass is actually its brain, its gills. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Fuck it. So it's got like the highest uh, wing to mass ratio out of out of pretty much any other bird. Really, it's actually an exceptional flyer. Very maneuverable. 
can fly at like 60 miles per hour for like ridiculously long periods of time, no problem. But um, the coolest thing about them is like their navigation abilities, their na- you know, their techniques. Um, they have a few different ways to do it, right? <clears throat> yeah. But homing pigeons, um, I'm not sure when that became a really big thing actually. But I know they gained a lot of notoriety in like the First World War or something. Yeah. When I think like a French battalion were caught in, in the shit mm. and were getting, you know, attacked by their own people. And they're like, yeah. fuck, like, we just got to get out of here. We got to send a message. We've got this new radio technology. And someone's just like, don't worry about that. <laughs> fuck the radios. Nature's radio. <laughs> I don't think they had radio by what, in World War One. Well, they had, Maybe they had, you know, you got to set up fucking telegraph poles in the middle of, exactly right, I'm against it, I'm the one saying they've got the pigeons. So, they had three pigeons, right? Yeah. So, the first one, obviously, if you see a pigeon fly up in World War One, like, you shoot it down because it's sending a message. Um, so, that, you know, first one yeah, went up, even, bang, yeah. shot down. Second one, bang, shot down. They're like, fuck me. I, I really owe this third pigeon. Like, the final one can get this message yeah. across. I love the image of a guy, like, releasing the pigeon. Yeah, like, throwing exactly. Throwing his hands off. It's very Christ-like. It would be in slow motion as well, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, a, it's a metaphor for the Holy Spirit or something. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, really, really. Instead of a dove, the humble pigeon. Yeah, exactly. So, um, third one goes up and a bit more success. It, like, gets quite a bit further. Then bang, gets shot down, right? So it gets um, shot, a bullet in its chest, right? Uh, Damages its wing and is blinded, right? They're like, oh, fuck. But it gets up and keeps flying, right? And it gets to the base, sends the message, and then they stop. And it does all of this in about 15 minutes. Such a nice tie into episode one, this one. Like, Ben Robert Smith, you did nothing. This pigeon (laughs) pigeon did it all. He's the hero. Yeah, the pigeon's the hero. So, yeah, the pigeon's a goddamn hero. And everyone's yeah. like, wow, amazing. The pigeon's the best. But then they're also like, how the fuck did it get home with no eyes? Like, it was blind. Also, it was, was shot it in blind? the chest. Was it blind in both eyes or one eye? It was blinded in both eyes. It couldn't see anything. Couldn't see a thing. So then this raises the question of like, oh, we sort of just assumed pigeons had good sight or navigated using the mm, sun or, yeah, or things yeah. like, like landmarks like that. But the whole idea that they lost their vision was like a whole nother kettle of fish. Yeah. So then a couple of curious, du- curious dudes came up and were like, um, once again, like not pigeon specialist like just humble yeah humble smart guys humble roof thatches or something who knows? <laughs> <laughs> cobblers <laughs> but um essentially so one guy was like well i mean maybe they use other other means like like you know mag- the magnetic force of the yeah, earth yeah. right so um they're trying to know how to do this so what they do is they get you know 12 pigeons six they of which had remove their eyes <laughs> they wouldn't do no. someone's real crude back then so they get six um Six birds with a magnet strapped onto a back and the other six birds have just got like a little fake magnet, like a, a placebo magnet, if you will. Yeah. And they do a flight during day, like take them away from home and then fly. Yeah. And yeah, they all get there essentially the same way. Fine. No problems. Okay. But then they do a nighttime run and the six birds without magnets get there fine. Um, but the six birds with magnets on their back just get lost and they like only three of them eventually the got The magnets home. have scrambled them. The magnets scrambled the, the thing. So the theory was, well, this sort of somewhat proves the fact that they they're must use the, magnets to some degree. Earth. We don't exactly know how they're using the magnetic field. But we field, know that the magnetic field yeah. must, it should have something to play with this. Yeah. Okay, so that was that one. So like, oh, cool. So they can use the sun <clears throat> because the ones with the magnets during the day were able we to navigate. A little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, and then the other one being... Um, what was I saying? Oh, they can use the US magnetic field. Yeah, yeah. Recently, now that we've got like doocy little GPS trackers, right? Yeah. You can actually like plot the path of many pigeons like really accurately. 
So these people fuck, can, That's like, so good isn't it I know like, time like fuck Google Maps Just yeah. chuck them on pigeons <laughs> like, That's where the real gains Are uh, uh, to be had Yeah So um, they were wondering You know Just to try to understand better How these pigeons um, Get home Because people race them It's huge in China actually Pigeon Like racing. millions of dollars People spend on a pigeon Mike Tyson does it Loves it Yeah exactly Shout He's- out if you're listening <laughs> You're going Mike um, Yeah so they just want to understand better And how to get better pigeons And, and train them if you can So um, they found out that they actually use landmarks and roads as well in a similar way that we described about getting home or me getting to the VCR. Uh, yeah, they, they don't take the perfect like, like because if you if you're thinking they use the sun, they use the magnetic field. Yeah. Then they should take. Well, I mean, it's in the name. Like as the crow flies route, they should take the straight route. Exactly. But I'm guessing now you're seeing them sort of go. Ah, well, I'm sort of close to here, and now squiggle around a yeah. little bit, and then. Fly. Well, it's funny. So in areas where there were like no landmarks and stuff. Mm what they did was they'd fly up, do a couple of circles and then pretty much make somewhat of a beeline to home. So yeah. that's almost like, oh, they're calibrating their, um, you know, internal compass or calibrating, like just sort of working out what directions where and then they go there, right? But yeah. when there were um, landmarks, for example, so when pigeons might have like a freeway or a tram line, they will literally fly above, <clears throat> get to that freeway even if it's the you know, might yeah. be going the wrong direction and then follow the freeway until you get home. It's so much so that some pigeons, when they get to a roundabout, go around the roundabout in air and then go on. And then take the third exit. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So they've got three they're ways. Fo- they're following the lines. They follow the lines. I just wonder what the contrast is between the built environment and the natural environment. Because before when you were like, oh, if they get to, if they get to an environment without landmarks. Like, what is an environment without landmarks? Do you know what I mean? Because you've still got rocks and shit. Like yeah, exactly. That. That's what I'm saying. Because an animal, or like someone who has lived in the wilderness their whole life, mm. would be like, "Oh, how can you get lost here? Like that that tree clearly looks different to the other tree." Yeah. So, well, that, that must is, be. Is there know. a featureless landscape for an animal that lives in that land? Like, in take the, them into the Nether, the Matrix. See what a pigeon can do in the <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, what is it? Because even even the desert, there's, there's well, rocks. Even um probably the ocean. The even ocean like uh, them. there's these little marsupials or little mice thingies that live in tall grass in the UK, and they can like essentially um, from below, yeah. like at the bottom of the grass, know exactly where they're going by the shape and the way that the grass is falling above them. So like for us, it all looks like grass. We can't distinguish it, yeah. but to them they can. So like perhaps in the past, pigeons could distinguish between trees, little things like that. Interesting. But uh, yeah, maybe the built environment has actually changed the way they navigate. Like perhaps the easiest way is literally to forget about that buzzing noise (laughs) in your head telling you which way is north and the sun. Like just follow the roads. It's just so easy. (laughs) Well, I mean, when you can fly, it seems like such an effortless endeavor. Do you know what I mean? I know. It's like, oh, there's the road. You take a for 100 k's. I'm like, just turn around. I'll have (laughs) one one little worm and that'll fuel me for the next 100 k's. Exactly. Fuck. I love it. Fuck, I wish I was a pigeon. It's actually funny, the built environment and animals, because, you know, the... What's this? The peregrine falcon? Yeah. We love it. We love it. Fastest diving bird, the best. It is. And where is, like... Where do you think the most densely populated colony of... You've told me before, but I also knew. New York City. New York City. I love it up there. I love it up there. (laughs) (laughs) The Big Apple. The city that never (laughs) sleeps. Yeah, Yeah, that's the the most populated place, because they've got all these tall buildings with plenty of lurches and stuff where they can nest and, and hide away. Um, there's pigeons and rats and stuff for days yeah. it's fantastic and you've got water around you as well which is good because I think it's hard to catch a pigeon in the city so if you can funnel it towards because uh, yeah, obviously 
like the way they they're, they they're ping so, down so at, mobile, at like four hundred k's an hour, whatever the Falcon goes at. I feel like it's about two hundred seventy. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so they smash down at two hundred seventy k's an hour, and then yeah. the pigeons are smart. Like they just fly right next to buildings. Yeah. So they're yeah, sort of, of course, not of particularly fast, but very maneuverable. Yeah. So they like they pull out because they're cowards. Yeah. Like I feel like mate, there might be a couple of Top Gun. I want to see, Falcons, how, I want to see a pair of Falcons <laughs> just fucking hit the deck. Just slam, just slam on the brakes and fly right past. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, so what they do is like they'll funnel them out to the water and then just pick them off there. Yeah. But it's crazy. Like a pigeon and a falcon, they don't actually look... Like the falcon isn't at most perhaps twice as big. Not even. They're no. not particularly big animals. But the talent. They, yeah, but they can like pick it out of the sky, right? A pigeon, a flailing pigeon, yeah. and then fly it back home. How yeah. fucked is that? Yeah, it's fucking well, sick. Or like it's the it? wind resistance as well. Yeah, it's crazy. fucking sick. It's just great. Mm. You know, ants can count. This is on your animal navigation thing. Ants right can count. We can come back to the pigeon and the and the and the falcon. Yeah, sure. It's an Aesop's fable. But just like when you were talking about how pigeons get around. Mm. So they did this. This is one of those just great experiments where you're like, fuck it. Someone's still doing real science. Like, <laughs> yeah. fuck this shit with computers and goddamn, I don't even know, like, Microscopes, fuck that. Someone, <laughs> I hate microscopes. Someone strapped, someone strapped uh, like, because ants are like, okay, how do the ants find their way back to the uh, to the colony? Mm. And it's like, oh, that's pretty They got a GPS great, on the yeah. Well, so, yeah, like, because there's little chemical signals, but it's like, oh, that's not enough to explain it. It's going to mm. be something else. So they strapped uh, stilts to these ants, so their legs were like twice as long. <laughs> what do you know? They overshot the colony by twice the distance. Yeah, the ants are counting their steps in some in some mechanism. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know, right? They The ants know how many steps it's supposed to be. I'm not saying that they're standing there going one, two, three, but like they must have some sense of quantity, of number. Perhaps it's almost like those little cars where you wind back and then they go forward. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> it's like yeah, they're just constantly yeah. winding up yeah, yeah, that yeah. internal little spring in their body. Yeah, actually, fuck, that's an interesting <laughs> idea. And then they turn around and it's and like their zoom, muscles are going, zoom. yeah, they stop putting in any effort. Yeah, interesting. Do you know that grasshoppers have gears? No. Yeah, there's a cricket. That, there's a cricket that has a gear. It's like it's the. This is one of those ones like humans invented gears in like the 1600s. No, this little grasshopper's got it. God in his infinite wisdom has designed this. How the fuck has he got gears? I don't know. Let's, do you want to Google it now? Not really. Let's just think about it. Oh, oh is so, it so we can so jump it can better? Spring. So it can spring. Oh, that's not too different. No, that is different. But it's interesting because fleas also have like a very complex mechanism for um for their back legs. So they can spring as well. But they essentially wind their body back and their bone like... In the middle of their bone, there isn't a joint. There's no joint. It is just like a little... Not bone, but whatever the fuck they have. I don't know. <laughs> Do fleas have bones? This is such a good question. <laughs> Honestly. Flea bones, whatever they are. <laughs> I don't think they have bones. I think they have exoxoskeletons. Yeah, those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but in the middle, there's actually like a cartilage type thing. Ooh. Instead, like it's not like a joint or anything, so it actually just like winds back even more, like um, Oscar Pistorius or whatever his name is. Pistorius. Pistorius. Yeah. So those little blade runners <laughs> and just pings across. Interesting. I want to look more into that. But yeah. like the thing about this, uh, this uh, cricket gear. Like if you well, Google like grasshopper gear and cog or something. Mm. If you look at it under a microscope, like it's not like one of those ones where you know how like a, a scientist tries to get you excited about something and he says like, oh, like this can actually do this. Mm. He's like, fish can actually fly. And you're like, wow, that's really cool. It's like, yes, they can hover above water for 0.5 of a second. It's like, yeah. you're a liar. You tried to make it sound cool and it wasn't. Yeah. If like, it's not like, ah, oh, it's a Leica cog. You look under it. Or, like you look at it under a microscope. And like, it's got a clutch like, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 
that's pretty sophisticated. What are we talking about? Ants counting. Oh, can I tell you about uh, mice can count as well? Mice can count. Who else can count? I can count too. It's not impressive, <laughs> all right? Um, uh, chimps. Chimps can kind of count. Just if you want a genuine answer to your question, what animals can count? Mm-hmm. They've got like an idea of quantity. Like if you can give them the option between more and less, they pick the more. Mm. But then if it's like three versus four, they can get it. But then it gets tougher for them when it's like seven versus eight. Yeah. When the numbers are closer because they yeah. don't have a one-to-one value. They just mm. kind of size it up. So it's like, yeah, you're not really counting. You've got an idea of quantity, but you're not really mm. counting. Anyway, the mice the mice are like, um, there's a little system. You know, they're in a cage. And like if they say, if, you, if the mice hear two beeps, do this and you get a reward. If you hear four beeps, do this and you get a reward. And the same thing for flashes. If you hear two flashes, do this and you get a reward. If you see four flashes, you do this and get a reward. Mm. And so then what they do, like once the mice are happy with that, once they've learned how to do that, they give them two flashes and two beeps. It's like, huh, what do I press? The one for the beep or the one for the flashes? And like they tend to choose one of the options with four. They're like, oh, like I know that it's like four events. It's two of something and two of something else. It's four things. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because it's kind of like, well, what reason do these animals have to count? Quantity kind of makes sense because like, that's like a decision-making thing. But as for actually matching it to one-to-one value, even people like, I don't know. What? <clears throat> I remember reading somewhere about like, um, like how you can estimate different weights, right? Yeah, so you pick up a one kilo and a two kilo and you can be like, Mm. This the two kilo is heavier. I know that, and you could yeah. almost be like, I'd almost say it's twice as heavy. Yeah. But then, like as the increments get smaller, I think there's like a certain threshold where like you just can't pick it, and they feel exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, ten percent or something it was, and people just can't pick it. Yeah, and it's kind of like it's kind of like a logarithmic thing. Yeah, it's like as they get closer, it gets much much harder. Yeah, yeah, interesting. What if that's the same with taste? What do you mean? Like for example. I know everyone these days to sell wine. They yeah. try to quantify it in a number out of 100 uh, yeah, so yeah. the common folk can you know, understand yeah, that, yeah, you're saying. that it's worth spending the money. Yeah. But it's like, well, realistically, I mean, if we if our taste works in a similar way as to how we can estimate the other things and appreciate yeah, yeah. other senses, surely like a 90-rated wine to a 95-rated wine really is quite marginal. Well, it is quite marginal. So you, th- you think you're trying to find some sort of way to quantify quantify each individual individual like taste element of the wine what i'm saying is that like the wine point system like you know 97 points is bullshit i don't yeah, rate it you I, hate you hate rankings i knew you were going to get it right back, it's yeah. a, it's a stupid it's just yeah. subjective to some and you're like, you'll never see 60 yeah, you'll only yeah, see yeah. like 80 yeah. plus it's yeah. just a stupid fucking ranking system yeah, it's so dumb it's how like, we should do we should normalize it oh uh, yeah so just like the middle wine gets a 50 because yeah. every, like, this is what you're going to say. You pick a wine off the shelf. Like, two-thirds of them have, like, a gold label on them. Like, That's what we should do. Winner of some award. We should just start an awards scheme. <laughs> we just get awards to people. Whatever you want. <laughs> people love it, don't they? Yeah, they fucking love it. I'm a sucker for it, too, as well. Like, if you're not sure, just grab one with an award. It's a yeah. safe bet because it looks good on the table, too. Like Yeah, people yeah, people like, oh, so you got the award-winning wine here, did you? Yeah, it's good. Fuck, I always want to vow to never get award-winning wines. <clears throat> Honestly, I think, feel it's a, it's a pretty achievable vow. I uh, I get junk mail from like this Vino Mofo thing. It's like an online wine thing. Subscription sort of thing. All the time. Yeah. They're just like, oh, 93 rated for this much. And I'm like, this is so mm, dumb. Yeah, this means nothing. I actually think we should normalize it. I think we should just get a, like, just go on that website and get a catalog of like all of the ratings for each wine. And, <laughs> and just 
take it down. Just and chuck it on a distribution. <laughs> I don't know. Do something with it. And then, I don't know. Do a podcast about it. Yeah, I hate... I hate any fan, actually, any fans <laughs> out there, if you want to do this hard work for us, please. Statisticians out there. Yeah. I just do hate those things when, like, something is supposed to be good, but you have no frame of reference. Like, I was thinking of before, <laughs> like, when you pick up a box of, like, shapes and it says, baked, not fried. And I'm like... Oh, fuck, I'd love to try fried shape. You know? <laughs> like, well, is baked, not fried, good or bad? Well, like, why the fact it... that you're telling me, like, I infer that it must be good. But if you had said fried, not baked, I'd be like, oh, that's great. Like, if anything, they should sell fried to, like, sell the baked ones better. Make them real <laughs> shit. Like, it's a loss in the short term, but it makes people really fucking love the baked ones. Isn't that a conspiracy theory about the new Coke in, like, the 80s or 90s? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the new ones, it's like, fuck, OG Coke is yeah. the best. OG Coke's so good. And then, like, they take new Coke back and everyone's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to stock up on this Coke. Yeah. Lock it away in my safe and I'm going to sell it in 50 years when OG Coke is worth so much. Yeah. But I don't know. I like, a, I like a conspiracy theory. I think my segment should be... Conspiracies. Yeah. I like that. Your tidbit is apparently... It's like, here, it's just become a thing now. It's... uh. I love it. It's Animal Hour with Michael. <laughs> I just fucking... I, f- I just watch so many... Yeah. Nature... Just docos in general. So good. Probably like, unhealthy? No. It's doing no one any harm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, who's the victim? It's just like... Someone <laughs> said the other day, like... Sort of in almost a condescending term, like, how do you even have the time to watch that? <laughs> like, like, what do you mean you watch, like, 16 hours of Vietnam, do- like, war docos? It's like, where do you get the time, man? Like, do you have anything to do? It's just like... Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? Like, what do you do all day? Like, tell me how you fucking fill your 24 hours up. Yeah, exactly. Sue me for filling it an hour and a half it's a all, day. It's all pointless. Whatever you do, I'm just... It's the same stuff. I watched Groundhog Day on Monday. Have you seen it? I have seen it a long time ago. I yeah. actually am a huge Bill Murray fan. Yeah, you are. That's what I was saying. Massive Bill Murray it. fan. Yeah, you love me. But I almost haven't watched Groundhog Day because I'm like, fuck. I've, I've been enjoying his more recent stuff where he's a bit more sour, a bit more, you know, a bit older and fed up the world nah you'll, you'll enjoy Groundhog Day oh really it's iconic it's you've, it's one of those ones like you know how well apparently of, that was like the thing that got him out of Ghostbusters yeah it was, direct, it was directed by Harold Ramis so yeah. who was in Ghostbusters as well so like I mean maybe they moved on together yeah I think, I think well, maybe they both struggled to break free from Ghostbusters pretty too great when too was great it minds. when was it made I want to say 80 Oh, maybe I've got this wrong. It would have been like a different. It would have been lost in translation or something like that that got him out. Lost in translation much later. Yeah, exactly. Like Two thousand. Yeah, I just know. I remember reading something about. I was, I was reading Bill Murray's Wikipedia page and <laughs> sweating over it. Yeah. But I think there was something like one of the films that he did was like a real trying to break from the form of Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's probably Groundhog Day in yeah. Ghostbusters. Groundhog Day '93. Oh, I'm off by a little bit. Well, maybe that was the film. Yeah. No, I'll back you in here. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's really good. Bill Murray's actually playing playing live in Melbourne. What's he doing? He's reading American literature with like a famous celloist. <laughs> like, just like supporting him. <laughs> it's the ultimate Bill Murray thing. Yeah. Tickets are like 150 bucks though. And I'm like, I really want to go. But <laughs> I don't see it as that impressive reading literature. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's great. Reading, reading it aloud. His voice is the fucking best. Yeah. He sings songs too. I guess that's subjective. Yeah, right. I think it's good. We've also got nice music behind it too. No, yeah, yeah. I think maybe we should do a little poetry hour on this thing as well. That'd be nice. We should. We should. I'll play we cello should. and <laughs> I'll float away that one for a few hours. Yeah, I don't mind the idea of that. Well, do you want to talk about... Uh, do you want to go back to the peregrine falcon and, this, and the pigeon? Yeah, we'll go back to that. Yep. I'm going to segue right out of it again. Much yep. like the peregrine falcon, I am actually going to New York in two weeks. Oh, yes. Here we go. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> 
It was interesting because I, it was like a somewhat of a last minute thing. Like there's a sailing event yeah. there and like you didn't know if you were in the team or whatever. And anyway, so I didn't really have much time to save money or, or anything like that. I guess I probably did. I just chose. <laughs> I was going to say, even if you had the time, you <laughs> yeah, wouldn't have saved I wouldn't money, do man. it on principle. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I, had, I, I hadn't really thought about what I wanted to do when I was there, like whilst I was there or, or um, yeah, like if I'd enjoy, I don't fucking know. It's, but anyway, everyone was saying, oh, you got to do something while you're there. Yeah. Like, make the most of it. My grandpa was like, yeah, every Australian needs to really make the most of it when they go overseas because, you know, you're, yeah. you're so far away from everything. I'm like, yeah, I guess. It's funny that you're about to disrespect your grandpa because normally you have... It's my other grandpa. Ah. So but I don't think I disrespect him. Like, he has an opinion, it's fine. Well, like, oh, I know, but I know what you're about to say is going to be disrespectful to that opinion. Yeah, I disrespect that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care for it. It is stupid. Travelling yeah. around for the sake of travelling is just a fucking waste of my time and money. Yeah. It's just like, what is wrong with me just going for this event and coming home? Yeah, getting jobs So done. now I'm just like, everyone's like, oh, you got to say, you got to say. And I'm like, fuck, i got to find something to do yeah. so I stay and fit in. Yeah, you got uh, peer shit. pressured into travelling. I've been to- peer pressured. Where are you going? San Francisco. <laughs> Boston and San Francisco. Oh, Jesus, that's horrible, isn't it? Look, you look at your face, you're just thinking... I don't want to worst. go. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It would be It would be of high integrity to really stick to your guns and be like, I'm I'm not going to do anything other than the sailing. I'm going to avert my eyes from the major landmarks. I'll walk oh. past them and cover my face. I refuse to I refuse to enjoy this experience. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people are even saying like, oh man, if you, you really should try, like, extend your stay. Yeah. I say for like four or five weeks yeah. what the fuck am I going to do in yeah. five weeks I don't even yeah. know what I'm going to do in two weeks yeah, you've got the theory. I mean, one week's good that's sailing great don't have to think about it just do me jobs <laughs> and then the week after it's like ah oh boy I've, I've got to go do things I reckon I'm probably just going to wander yeah I'm just going to wander I know we normally agree on this that travel because I, I love that Emerson quote that starts travel is a fool's paradise Google mm. it I'm not going to recite it now yeah. and I don't really know it that well but like this one, I, I would almost say I disagree with you. I feel I feel like travel can travel can offer something. It's really it's really what you make of it. This is the thing about travel and offering something. Yeah. Like I actually think that like it is what you make of it, but at the same time, not traveling is also what you make. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. Like when I'm like, well. I ask the classic question. It's almost always the same. Like, well, what should I do then? I yeah. don't know, go to galleries and stuff yeah. and like go to these things. I'm like, yeah, honestly, I do that when I'm here. Exactly. And people... And, and it's people fucking who, free. Like, yeah, it's so yeah, cheap. Yeah. And people who travel there to go, like often people who go overseas and then go to galleries, it's like, well, you don't go to galleries in Melbourne. Like, I don't get <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. And the funny thing is, I was like, nah, but you got to go to like see MoMA. I'm like, oh, it's like, I literally saw it in Melbourne like the last a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But it's all here. I don't understand. <laughs> the other thing is, I've said this, uh, said, said this to my brother. I'm like, yeah, you can just Google images all the paintings. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> just sit at home. Well, because it's just like, isn't that more pure? Like that you're that you don't have to be in this. Like, what what's more pure? It's like I can appreciate art when I go five thousand miles away. I pay admission. You fee, force yourself I to stand, appreciate I stand it. in front. Well, I need everything going right for me to appreciate this art. It's it's much like the that classic experiment where they got like bottles of wine, and you know here's a thousand dollar bottle of wine and a ten dollar wine. They swapped, you know, swapped it over. Yeah, like, yeah. People were like, oh, this thousand dollar, it's the best, it's the best. because like, yeah. like, it needs to be worth it. Yeah. It needs yeah. to be worth the money spent. Yeah. I feel like you're going to enjoy the art more yeah. purely because you've just tricking your you're tricking yourself into it. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I guess you do get like a, a better sense of like. No, no, don't no, concede anything. No, I will because I do appreciate curation of galleries. 
I like. I appreciate the intelligent, the artificially <laughs> the intelligent yeah, algorithm that Google Images has put together for me, and I can see this image and see what people also see. Honestly, I'm always backflipping. I resent Google Images now, and I can't wait to go overseas and see all these things in person. Are you serious? Yeah. Why? What's so bad about Google Images? Not so bad, but I mean, like, you're missing the point. What's the point? The plot. I thought it was. I want the, the difficulty. Art. I don't want that. The end product is meaningless. <laughs> With almost everything. What? Yeah, I almost say so the, end, the, the actual end product has got far less meaning than the the whole everything in between. Simple as that. It's like cooking a dish. It's, so you, it's so like you're saying simply anything. Be, simply because it's inconvenient to get to that makes it worth doing. Yeah, because it's difficult. Yeah, don't lie and tell me you don't get satisfaction. So you think something doing something difficult is is its own reward? It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad at the end. Yeah. Like, why don't you just, what? Why, don't, why don't you just like go lie under a steamroller? Like, if that's what you want to feel, it's like, oh, it was really difficult. I, I don't get it. That's a, I think we're coming to the same point. I don't have to travel to feel like things are difficult. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, true. Like, so, yeah. What, like, yeah, like that's, that's true. Yeah. But like, uh, I still don't think, you, I just think that human happiness and enjoyment and yeah. sadness is on like a set spectrum. You, you can't I've, go. I've heard this theory before and I've tried to make sense of it. You Keep can't. Going. Be sadder than you than the saddest the human condition will let you yeah. be, right? You can't be happier yeah. than the human like your physical human condition will let you. Yeah. Right? It's not like you're gonna go overseas and like fuck yeah, move the scale yeah, ten yeah. points forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm happier than I'll ever be. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a gimmick. Yeah. Like you, you'll only be just as happy as the happiest yeah. moment in, in Melbourne. Yeah, I, th- I think we we get. It's like if you think of it as a mathematical function, it's like not continuous and infinite. Yeah, exactly. And it's not even like like a normal curve where you're like oh. If I put in heaps, heaps, heaps more, there's a tiny marginal improvement. You're just saying, no, nah, it just stops. It just stops. I just, like, I, and I'm thinking of the moment of like, you're holding your newborn son mm. or daughter in your arms. Like, this is the happiest I'll ever be. If someone then gives you a million dollars, like, it doesn't make you feel any better. It's like, sorry, you should have done that another time. Already at max happiness. <laughs> exactly. So you're thinking like, but essentially, you'll, you'll just go overseas and you'll feel whatever you're feeling here. Dare I say, even worse. Not because, not because I'm, I'm actually really happy at the moment. Like the last couple of weeks have been like fantastic. You've been kicking goals. I've been kicking goals. I've just been just over the moon with things. So now I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm going to go over there and like, it can only go one way. That's downhill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean like, I can't get much happier. Yeah. Well, maybe I could. I could, have, I could have a newborn or something to give me a million dollars. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm not going to give you money. Uh, no, let's pull up this let's pull up this Emerson quote right now. Because I feel... I, I think I've sent it to you before, but... I just, want the, I, just want the, I just want to inflict it on the people because I know they're not going to go and Google it. Good. Travelling is a fool's paradise. Our first journeys discover to us the indifference of places. At home, I dream that at Naples, at Rome, I can be intoxicated with beauty and lose my sadness. I pack my trunk, embrace my friends, embark on the sea, and at last wake up in Naples, and there beside me is a stern fact, the sad self, unrelenting, identical, that I fled from. I seek the Vatican and the palaces. I affect to be intoxicated with sights and suggestions, but I am not intoxicated. But I am not intoxicated. My giant goes with me wherever I go. Says it all. Yeah. Wherever you go, there you are, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh... Also, I mean, like, even I feel like if you travel within Victoria, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm still in Victoria. Like, I haven't really traveled that much. But yeah. you go like an extra 10 meters and cross that New South Wales line. It's like, oh, fine. I went to New South I Wales. I'm in New South Wales. I'm in another state now. Mm. It's like country lines. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm They're in country. It is a gimmick. 
Yeah, it's just continuous. It's continuous. Says, says who? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know there's a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> Says the government? You don't respect them. Like, I don't respect You it. know how at my place... Uh, this is what I was going to talk about before when we're like, they're the pigeons. Uh, they, they just beeline it. You know how yeah. at my place, the train line is like runs pretty much like within five metres of, mm. the, of the house. It's beautiful. Yeah, I actually quite like it. Yeah, it's like New York. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like I'm, you know, like a struggling artiste or something. Yeah, I'm exactly. getting things done. I just want a fucking fruit bowl. <laughs> yeah, so like I peek over the fence and I'm like, so the way that I walk to Southland, which I sometimes walk to, mm. I kind of have to go around a little bit. Now mm. I'm like, what am I going to start doing? I'm just going to jump the fence and just cross the train tracks. Genius. I'm like, walk along the train tracks for a little bit. I think we should do that next time we're there. I think that's a little fun. I like to save. Fun little activity. We have our suitcases ready to jump on the moving train. (laughs) Well, because the freight trains come through. (laughs) Oh my God, we could end up anywhere. That's travel. That's what I'm talking about. I know, because I just want to be like a hobo, like crisscrossing America. Yeah. See, that's what I'll do. I don't want to travel because I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's kind of a waste of time. Everything's the same everywhere. Like, like wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. But I would love the opportunity to time travel. Mm -hmm. And like, not to like, not to like, manipulate things or to like do things in a voyeuristic way just or maybe that's what travel is but like just to genuinely travel mm. i don't like america does that interest me not really sure 1930s rust belt america <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i can endorse that i love to just go back in time so i always think of like going back in time to like medieval times and just just woking everyone see that's not what i want to do i don't <laughs> yeah, want to do I that i just want to I just like, want to go there and just experience it and be like, oh, yeah, no, I, I want to be like a real fucking warlord. Yeah. Like, just take over the place. <laughs> I wonder if I would. I'd probably just be killed on the spot. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy in these weird looking jeans and stuff? Yeah, that, like, Put that, some passion sack on you. You barely, yeah. There's a stand up comedian who does a bit. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so dumb that if I went back into the past, I couldn't convince people that I was from the future. Like, because I kind of get it. Because if I was like back there and I was like, yeah, let me, let me wake you the fuck up. I'm going to explain to you. Uh, the, the miracles of the future like how a radio works and like yeah sweet how's it work and I'm like uh, mm, uh, there are waves uh, have they waves uh, I think so yeah anyway can, can, can go with you on this <laughs> the point is the point is yeah, uh, just build it's it right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah you have to go you've got to go back in with something that can change things like going back to medieval times with the plans for an iPhone is stupid like, <laughs> yeah 100% it's dumb yeah. a little dynamo though a little engine a musket yeah. That could do it. Just it bring was, the musket a little bit earlier. It's kind of what the conquistadors did. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when they went to like South America, it was just like, oh, we have guns and you don't. So, nah, God damn it. Real bad luck for those people who were there. Mm. How many people do you reckon died because of the Spanish uh, colonization of the Americas? Fuck. Not even know. Because I was reading a number. I feel like it's like 20 to 50 million. Holy shit. Yeah, because just like there were like probably like 50 million people living through like the Americas. Maybe more. 50 so, million people? Yeah, from north to south. Oh, America. fair enough. Maybe That's fucked. 100 million, something like that. Pretty populous. Oh, I'm going to say 50 million. That's ridiculous. I don't buy it. Honestly. 50 million? Like that yeah. sort of density. I mean, I guess it's not... Well, think how big the continent of the continents of North and South America are. You're 124 million or something. What are you, 200 million in the US now? 330 or so. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. Fair it's, enough. It's possible to think of this. It's possible. Yeah, and so anyway... I mean, fuck, the Philippines have got 100. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'm not the... The, uh, the greatest gauge of population. No, I guess I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that's all right. But, like, so they just got there and it's just like, well, because of, like, the raping and the pillaging, but also just the disease. And it's like, yeah, here's this, like, 90% of the population is done. Or just the yeah. common cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm not sure where I was going with that. I don't know, man. 
You want to go back in time and <laughs> spread the common cold a little earlier? Just with the sniffles. This will fucking show them. Uh, maybe I want to go to South America. I'm going to be good in South America. I want to learn Spanish. Yeah? Yeah, this is another millennial meme. App idea, wanting to learn a language. Mm. <clears throat> Starting a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Having a, yeah, just a little... My sister tagged me in some fucking meme about starting a podcast. Uh, and you didn't appreciate it? Because now you take the podcast seriously. We, I, I we did, take the podcast I did, seriously. I actually did appreciate it because of right. like, oh, all the four common things, like, you know, what every podcaster is like. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's great. We literally tick none of the boxes, except for the oh, yeah. one box that I love hearing my own voice. Yeah, well, like, that I mean, one's that's it. a given. The rest of them show me, like, Show me who doesn't think that. I like they'll talking about, oh, you know, you need to have a sponsor. And I'm like, no, nah, we literally are so against that. Yeah, we're against it. What else did they say? You got to talk about some of. I honestly stopped listening. I couldn't care for it. Yeah, I don't know. Nice. This is a pure podcast. Oh, you've got to love podcasts too. Never listened to one before this. <laughs> this is my first and only podcast I've listened to. Yeah, it's outside our art, man. Yeah, it's exactly. Good. What's the other one? Who knows? I just don't Who care. cares? Yeah, well, it was funny because in, in the past couple of weeks, we've kind of been like, geez. It'd be good if the podcast just took off. Mm. Uh, you don't understand how hard we'll work to get out of honest work. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I just want someone to pay me to do this for an hour a week. I've been thinking about it, like yeah. today and yesterday. This is what I wanted to talk about. I want to getting let's let's get our lives together. Let's get jobs. Let's get. I think we pursue radio. On the like, I don't think it's gonna take a whole lot. Like, <laughs> it'll be easy, man. Stick with me, you'll be right. <laughs> I reckon radio. Just be a radio host. No, I don't want to do it. Why? Uh, I feel it constricts me. It restricts me. How? Uh, you just can't say what's on your mind. Yes, you can. No. Uh, well, actually, they're Look probably... Alan Jones. <laughs> yeah, they're probably... Yeah. Uh, maybe you're right. Because, you know, like, all the people that froth Alan Jones are going to die in the next 20 years. <laughs> They'll all be dead. Much like the customer base for Henry Bucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, there's going to be a place, a niche for essential, like, new shock jocks. Yeah. That'll be you and me. We are the, new sh- like, we are the next generation shock jocks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe. Honestly, I, I'm not that enamoured with the with the radio hosting. Fuck, I'm just going to do it on my own then. <laughs> we also we'll tell the listeners this. Michael and I essentially have this pact where it's just like, once one of us gets a job, we just weasel the other <laughs> in. We, we only really believe that between the two of us, we can get one job. <laughs> so it's like... I feel like it's not healthy either because I'm like, oh, I'm just going to rely on Alex to get the job. Yeah, and meanwhile, I'm like, sitting at home and I'm like, yeah, Michael's kicking Michael's some goals. Michael's going to promise you, yeah. like, surely he'll get a job soon and get me in. Yeah. Fuck. Just give, me, just give us a chance. Yeah. I, uh, I had an idea actually for a business we could start. Here we go. No, oh, business look, ideas. Here's another classic oh, millennial thing. There you go. It's a beauty care product of sorts. Oh, interesting. I, I use for my hair and my beard. Yeah, what is it? Oh, I shouldn't say the secret ingredient. <laughs> no, I just use olive oil and yeah, good yeah, olive oil I too. Know. Common mistake. <laughs> extra, extra strength. Like I want my beard to smell like oil, yeah, yeah, like yeah. olive oil. Like, yeah, yeah. It's fucking incredible. It just adds like a nice glisten to my hair. It's very subtle. It's soft. It's like malleable, but but not too you know like rigid. You might get with some hair products if you want to shape it. Yeah, my yeah. beard is soft and supple. It glows. <laughs> Like, all together, like, everything about olive oil is the best. I feel like I just want to just, like, just fucking release a beard oil. I'm just going to get olive oil and just put it in a little little thing and sell it. A beard oil. Fucking everyone does beauty products yeah. these days. Yeah, every man and his dog does, actually. Except, yeah, it's just the advertising thing. I'm not sure I stand on it. I feel like the products is kind of a harder one to do. The, yeah. The products, the apps, they're hard. Services, 
That's that's what we're about. Middlemen. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Uh, we would be the best middlemen. Yeah, about a couple of days ago, you just hit on this idea of being a middleman. Find and... a crevice. Yeah. Get in there. <laughs> stay in there. And make sure no one else comes near. Also, the adoption of the word crevice instead of niche. Yeah, it's niche so is it's not right. Like I want to. Crevice makes you sound like it's a... almost like a place you don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, you're a cave dwelling, some <laughs> sort of parasite that just can't be removed. That's gonna be so... the best thing about capitalism: the whole idea of the middleman. Yeah, well, because here's the thing: it's like salesman you just kind of you're kind of taking advantage of one person mm. middleman you're taking advantage of people on both other sides side. i'll fuck the salesman i'll fuck the producer <laughs> <laughs> i love it like, once again like it's a it's a dark place to be the middleman it's yeah. it is a crevice it isn't a niche yeah it's it's a crevice isn't it? well, it's, i don't know what we, where we could get in the middle yeah see because here's the thing wait what is the thing no, i forgot no. go on all i'm thinking is that so i'm stuck in the middle <laughs> with you <laughs> yeah We'll find it. <clears throat> I just don't know what. Well, honestly, I feel like with the middleman, you don't even need to have a market. You don't even have to have a crevice. Yeah. We'll just walk away. With, we'll just walk around with big shadows, oh, and yeah. they'll be like, "Oh, they must be doing something." <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, very, we'll take your money. We'll deal with this. Uh, we'll get back to you. You're very good at making making yourself seem necessary. Yeah. Do you know what it's I mean? My best skill. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't keep me a job. <laughs> it keeps your job. It keeps like, my job. I don't. Yeah, like. Like we were talking about, like when you're hosting like a dinner or something, mm. so, like often you put on the whole thing yourself, but other times it's just like you just kind of bring people together and they'll do it. And then it's just like a Michael's essential. He's a glue holding this together. It was like, with all due respect, if Michael left right now, like things would probably continue fine. Dare I say better? <laughs> he wouldn't be the one like, shower we with brains? <laughs> well, because I could feel uh, my beard. Like at Henry Bucks, you're, um, I don't know. I, I I have to come and see you at work sometime because you must be the most critical employee in that whole operation because you yeah. seem to get away with doing about one hour's of work out of every... I fucking hope no one at work is listening to this. Like, <laughs> but, oh, well. What are your skills? You walk around quickly. That's one thing you do. You just walk with purpose and direction. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. It's always good at a, at a job, having a job that only... Like having a specific task that only you know how to do. Yeah, it's a great way like, to get started. Yeah, the other thing is... Sorry, continue. Like, you specialize yourself for that. Yeah, like that's a, a great thing. Like, at Officeworks. Like, I, I was a guy who moved the furniture mm. out the back. And so, when it was a day when the three girls were working and mm. I was working, and they said, oh, Alex, you need some furniture that's going to, like, has to be moved. How long will it take you? It's like, you don't know. You've got, like... Yeah, this is only my thing. Yeah, so I can make it take <clears> as long as it so needs that it. you've done a good thing. Like, that's step one. <clears throat> Getting one thing to specialize. To be the ultimate, like... No one knows what he does. Yeah, yeah. Get three or four things you special, seemingly specialize in within the business. Yeah. Have four people that are supposedly your managers. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, I just got to check in with other person. You know, check in with other person. Yeah, I got to do this yeah. job today, that job. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to question. I report that, to this guy, and everyone's like, oh, okay. And that's like, like, just keep saying guys. you report to someone else. Yeah, yeah. And you're sort of wandering around. You're like, oh, you must be coming from that and going to that. It's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Looking, I'm looking to tell you what to do. Like when the manager asked me at the store, like, oh, so what are you doing today? <laughs> what do you mean what I'm, why are you asking me that question like you're supposed to tell me what I'm yeah. doing today and I'm like no nah, I'm probably going to touch up some things out back and see how we go and they're like alright sweet I'm like this is fucked yeah we need jobs which is <laughs> fucking maybe get yeah. away with <clears throat> shit like that middleman 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 uh, we'll find the niche I just want a job man you know I just <laughs> need some fucking money uh, when do we start taking donations <laughs> To keep the podcast pure so we don't have to do ads. Just give us money. Whoops, there's my 50 cent piece. That's <laughs> all you got fingers. left. Yeah, you value much. it so highly. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, I said what I said I wanted to talk about. 
jobs, the future, businesses. We want to live together. Mm. We want to. Uh, I want. I want to like because my living arrangement's only temporary. Mm. It'll only take me to Christmas. And mum and dad are like, oh, like you're welcome to move back after that. But in my head, it's like if I move back, you've lost. It's an admission of failure to an extent. Yeah. Like I've had my crack out there in the big wide world, and I had to come it. back. You couldn't hack it. It's yeah, like many exactly. people that leave from Tasmania to the mainland. That is fine. They can't hack it. They return four or five years later. A yeah, ball of stress and you couldn't hack it down there. Couldn't hack it in the mainland, could you? <laughs> Wait, are they going to Tasmania to escape the mainland, or are they coming to the mainland from Tasmania? Well, they're coming from Tasmania to the mainland. They couldn't hack it, so they returned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. I'd say that's probably fifty percent of Tasmanians. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I'm hoping by Christmas time we can get a place lined up. But we'll here's have the a thing. place lined up. We'll have jobs. <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah. And um, happy days, really. I, that's a thing. I'm. It's like I've said this before. I'm. I'm Tom Hanks in Castaway. Mm. I'm just. You never know what the tide's going to bring in. Mm. I'm. I'm sitting here. How like, long was he on that island for? Four years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here. I am. I am. To use another movie. I'm a uh, Batman at the bottom of the pit. I was like, mm. there could be no true despair without hope. I have, yeah. I have that hope that like there's a good job opportunity just around the corner or something, and then I get that, and like it'll all be sorted out. It's like the Steinbeck quote where he's like, uh, "Socialism never took root in America because they're all just temporarily embarrassed millionaires," which I think I've said before in this podcast. Yeah, it's a damn good one. Too. That's me. I'm not, I'm not shamelessly uh, unemployed. I'm just temporarily embarrassed. I'll, I'll get that right job. <laughs> I'm a tragic hero in a way. You are. Yeah. People listen to that. Yeah, I don't know. Who does know? No, no one. What are your thoughts on uh, leaving this as a 50-minute bad boy? I think people enjoyed the 45-minute. Yeah, interesting. Didn't you want to tell your uh, Macau story? Have you got time for that? We're not going to do it justice. I mean, we we can go as wrong. I've got nothing on. Well, you like like your... uh, You like storytelling. I like storytelling. You like having a good story to tell. Truth be told, I'm not ready to tell the story, but I feel like it is a good time to tell the story. There was recently um, some pretty hectic typhoons in mm. uh, the Philippines first and then and then Hong Kong and then got to Macau which is exactly not to the same severity but it's similar to what I experienced when I was there so we didn't go to the Philippines because there was a super typhoon there mm. and it eventually got to Hong Kong so we weren't in Hong Kong we then went to Macau and then it was weak and it got to Macau and um, a story happened uh, you're not going to tell it oh, should I tell it that. maybe I'll tell it it's up to you man it's up to you. It really is. I don't know where I stand on it. I feel like it is a good time. Done. Do it. 